who is this Rhonda? And should she be the one helping? Maybe they should have just called 911. But maybe, I don't know. I'm sure there's a story. Would you be less confused if I play this instead? I'm still confused. (laughs) Deuce. All right. The Beach Boys, a band unlike any other, coming to Minnesota, coming to the State Fair. And right now, if you're caller number 320, no, caller number three. Let's make it simple for you and for DJ (laughs) so he doesn't stage a walkout. Caller three and you can win Beach Boys tickets with the Temptations and special guest Tower of Power. It's going to be an amazing concert at the State Fair Grandstand, Monday, August 29th. Tickets available right this moment at etix.com. Good luck, caller number three. I have to do this? I, I really have to go on the air yeah, you're, and issue an apology? You're required to do this, yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> I, uh, I misspoke. I, I rarely misspeak. Usually everything coming out of my mouth is flawless. But yesterday, um, I was talking about Jordana, and um, I was talking about her bone marrow donor, who, by the way, is from Germany, and donated his bone marrow to give Jordana another chance at a long life. I keep kidding with Jor that, you know, wouldn't it be weird if she, like, she woke up and she spoke in a German accent? And she, you know what? She'd be okay with that if it means another lease on life. So anyway, in my haste yesterday, bone marrow donor came out boner. (laughs) And I want to apologize to anybody who's offended by that. You just said it again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Guys never really get beyond seventh grade, right? We drive better cars, and but we're still seventh graders. And and it was unintentional, and I apologize. Uh, the anti-boner defense league called me up today and said, "Paul, you really should issue a public apology. What you said is indefensible." And um, anyway, uh, if you missed it, uh, here was my faux pas. And now I get to. Um, Ask you, even if you're not the praying type, make an exception and say a prayer for Jordana. Uh, my dear friend and co-host is going in for a bone marrow transplant at the Mayo Clinic tomorrow. They found a boner. Uh, they found a donor who was a perfect. Sure <laughs> <laughs> would enjoy this. Stop laughing. It's not a laughing matter, okay? This is the part where I was weeping, with heaving with laughter. You were were crying. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) If you're a bone marrow donor, you're... (laughs) All right. She would enjoy this, and and she will hear of this. In the meantime, here's what Jordana had to say. (laughs) So, in my defense, I think, to be fair, in the five years, nearly five years I've been on the air with Jordana, Uh uh I... I think my track record is pretty good. I I think that is possibly the only time I misspoke Hmm. in five years of radio. And cut me some slack. Really? Cut me a break. So so you don't remember this day? Paul, I... (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, What's your point? Paul here. I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> okay. I got a lot of these. I usually smuggle a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my pants. Yeah, what's that one all what, about? I, that, that's, that one sounds different today for some reason. We have freedoms in this country, and if I want to smuggle a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my pants, I have the freedom to do that. Traveling man. <laughs> that wasn't singing. That, that was a, an animal in pain. What is it, Paul? I don't even know. It's it's sunny and Friday. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. Really? There's mandate. a butt mandate on this show now? Tell me when to stop. And I realize the limitations of models. Trust me. <laughs> well, that that is true. I, I was talking weather models. You took it differently. Paul here. Once again, I'm boasting... <laughs> boasting get sloppy out there my job is kind of lumpy okay i think i'm done Lump- okay i gotta go talk to karen karen a lovely listener called in she was caller number three she's going to see the beach boys wow i think she's in her car right now and she has to stay on hold and listen to all this nonsense because I need to get her information, and I she's waiting for me. Poor Karen. So can we stop playing? Did I ruin the whole Beach Boys? So thing I can go her? talk to Karen and get her name and info, so she can go to see the Beach Boys on August 29th. Full disclosure: This is only a small subset <laughs> of my faux pas <laughs> and bloopers over the past five years. But some, I remember Care Eleven especially. People didn't care about the everyday weather; they they were thrilled when things went off the rails. Uh, anyway, thank you, and again, my apologies. It will never happen again, at least not for the next 10 minutes. When we come back, Education Minnesota, the president, Denise Speck, is going to be joining us to talk about that budget surplus and the, uh, well, the state that we're in right now, which is a holding pattern. What does that mean for education? What does that mean for our kids when we come back? Paul with you. It's Thursday. It's still Thursday. 519 on News Talk 830 WCCO. So earlier this week, the state legislature, the Minnesota legislature, adjourned without any kind of a bipartisan agreement that would have spent $4 billion on tax cuts, a billion on education, a billion on health care and human services, and $450 million for public safety and the judiciary and a billion and a half on other spending. Education Minnesota President Denise Specht said Senate Republicans need to keep their work, keep their word, and do their job. They made a billion-dollar promise to Minnesota students, and they must keep it. Uh, That caught my eye, and uh, we invited her on. She's been patient the last couple of days with breaking news. Um, Denise, thank you for hanging in there, and good to have you on CCO today. Oh, good afternoon, and thank you for having me. What do listeners need to know about this impasse? And is there blame on both sides, on the DFL and the GOP? I mean, why is this being held up? Well, there was, a, as you said earlier, a $1 billion promise to spend on public education. And once um, there was agreement on that $1 billion, the Education Conference Committee got together with representatives from both the House and the Senate to negotiate how that money would be spent. And the committee was well on their way. Um, But what happened on that last day of session is 
um, Senator Roger Chamberlain, who had the gavel and was leading the committee that day, just chose not to call the conference committee back. Um, They had 24 hours left of the session and a lot of work could have happened. Um, And him running out the clock really was, I think, turning, turning, turning his back and the rest of the Senate Republicans back on their promise. Any idea why? Why they would choose that strategy? I mean, we didn't invite him onto the show, but just your perspective. Why do you think that happened? Well, I, you know, it's really frustrating that that happened. I mean, our schools are in a state of emergency right now. Um, so? There isn't one educator that, you know, doesn't talk about this being the most challenging year um, of their career. Um, ignoring those need, the needs of our students is like ignoring the warning light on your car without repair. Some of our schools are going to be breaking down in the fall. Um, I'm really worried about what we're going to see. There really is no reason. Um, In fact, there are thousands of reasons. You just have to ask students and educators what they need. There are lots of reasons to go back and finish this deal. Denise, what is at the top of the list? You talk about breakdowns. You talk about an emergency uh, when it comes to schools and education in Minnesota, what what is where is the need greatest for that billion dollars? How would it be spent? Well, you know, I I visited educators all over the state, and the number one um, item on their list this year was mental health. Okay, um, the mental health challenges of students and staff um, was identified by both students and staff as their biggest challenge this year. But of course, there were staffing shortages, subbing shortages, class sizes off the charts, workload, um, you know, absent living wages for our um, education support professionals. All of these things, I'm afraid, are going to be driving more people out of the profession. At a time when we need more good teachers, right? Not fewer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I just want to remind listeners, we're talking with Denise Speck. She's president of Education Minnesota. She's joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, I want to ask you, because it's newsworthy, and I don't mean to ambush you with this question, but I I just want to get your honest, sincere um, thoughts on this as an educator, as a human being, in light of... The massacre in Uvalde, Texas, a couple of days ago, 19 kids dead, two teachers dead. There's been a call from some to fortify our schools, um, to add more defensive measures, more security, and some are even pushing the idea of arming teachers and staff. What What do you think of that? Well, I'm hearing that, too. And, you know, let's not forget that mass shootings are everywhere. Um, We can certainly fortify every uh, school building, although some of the proposals that I'm seeing don't even make a dent. There are hundreds of thousands of um, school buildings all over this country. But when does it stop there? We would have to fortify churches and Walmarts and grocery stores. Um, Unfortunately, these mass shootings are happening everywhere. Um, But I would say that the same people... Um, who want to address mental health instead of common sense gun control are the same people who refuse to address um, funding for mental health in 
in the education committee. Um, I guess I would say that we have got to get back to the legislature and we have some things to talk about. We do need to talk about um, getting more supports and funding to our um, public schools, but we should absolutely uh, revisit We should revisit the um, suite of bills from four years ago that really brought some common sense gun control to the state of Minnesota. Denise, I'm just curious, a lot of talk about mental health, and rightfully so. It doesn't just apply to our kids. Our, our teachers are under enormous strain. Um, what, are, what is being done to assist teachers who may be buckling under the strain of the pandemic and violence? And it's just a laundry list of ills. And I have such respect. I owe my career to three amazing teachers, two science teachers an advanced placement English teacher in 11th grade. I don't remember anything. I remember mm-hmm. her name, Mrs. Eisenhardt, mm-hmm. and she was remarkable. And when I go out and I talk to kids, I talk to schools, I always thank the teachers for what they do. It, it is, I think, the most important, honorable profession on the planet. And I just, I agonize over what our teachers are going through. What is being addressed to, what is being done to address their mental health challenges today? Well, I, you know, I think the refusal to address the needs in schools in general is having a big impact on that. The fact that this legislature is walking away from their $1 billion promise just tells them that their needs and the needs of their students don't matter. I mean, that is absolutely discouraging. Um, you know, the fact that there is not going to be help to hire more nurses, social workers, counselors, you know, school psychologists, you know, all of this falls on on the teacher. That's not their expertise. Um, But we should be addressing class size and workload. And again, making sure that all of our students' needs are met. And when we ignore those needs and, um, you know, everything kind of piles on to the educators who are left, they look around and think, you know, where is the help? Where is the support? We can't take this anymore. And we have some school districts that have a lot of people resigning. There's one school district that's way over 50 in the metro. Where are those teachers going to come from? Right. You know, and, you know, our, our potential educators, our aspiring educators, the people, the, the students that we want to go in this profession, they're looking around and saying, wow, is this really the profession I want to be part of? When I see the needs of students and staff being ignored, why would anybody want to to be a teacher? I tell you, this day and age, we don't agree on much, but I, I think we agree on this. We love our kids. We want them to have the best education possible, and we want them to be safe. And those shouldn't be open to debate. They're not mutually exclusive. What can people, what can listeners do who are concerned about this? What would you advise them to do uh, to help get things off the dime? Well, I would advise two things. One, um, I would encourage everyone to reach out to their legislator and ask them to get back to a session. There are some real needs out there. They can help solve them. They know it. There is funding to do this. They can solve these problems. So reach out to your legislator and ask them to get back to the table. But secondly, um, most of these uh, uh, legislators are in campaign mode. They're candidates. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's important that we spend the next couple of months talking to all of the candidates, the people who want to be policy and decision makers in the state. And we need to find the candidates who are going to have serious conversations about making our schools safe and making bold investments. And when we find them, we need to elect them in the fall. Denise Speck, President, Education Minnesota, thank you for what you do, and thanks for coming on CCO. Have a great holiday weekend. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. You bet. When we come back, a lot to unpack. A few of the show highlights next. An update from Jor. She can't come to the phone. Uh, She's being sedated. She's got IV drips. She's at the Mayo Clinic. She had a bone marrow transplant today, which I would not wish on anyone because it's it's brutal. Never had anybody say anything good. It's it they take you within an inch of your life and then they give you the uh the bone the new marrow and then they bring you back. And that's the only way. Um anyway, I want to update you. So far so good with Jordana. Uh please keep her in your prayers. It was a a rock and roll show today. A lively show and a lively debate, and everybody was respectful. I'm kind of encouraged that, yeah, we can talk about contentious issues like race relations, like gun reform, right? Everybody has an opinion. Where is there some common ground? What can we agree on? So uh, Professor Rachel Pelos from the University of St. Thomas joined the conversation about gun gun control and had this to say. Oh, I absolutely agree that that regulations must be in place. And I think when we look at the history of school shootings in America and we think about what are the common factors here, what are the pressure points at which we could apply regulations, the average age of a mass school shooter is 18 years old, as was as was the shooter in Texas. Um, most school shooters have a connection to the school that they attack, as did this school shooter. Most of them die in the attack. They're prepared to go down fighting, as did this shooter. Uh, most of them broadcast their uh, intentions in some form in advance. Most of them, some of them start by attacking a family member, as did this school shooter. Mm-hmm. So many of the red flags that we've identified with mass school shootings were present in this situation. Now, some that are important were not present. Um, the shooter did not have a mental health history. He did not have a criminal record. He acted alone, which made detection by law enforcement much, much more difficult, if not impossible, uh, in advance. I learned some stuff there. I'm, I'm learning stuff every day, but uh, she made some good points. I did not know that uh, about, you know, the younger bias, younger kids, 18, 19, 20 have been the most active when it comes to shooters here in in recent years, and that was news to me. That and the fact that many of them are proud of what they're about to do and broadcast in advance, usually via social media, their intentions. Where my mind goes, uh, DJ, and I'm not saying this is a good thought, do you remember Tom Cruise in Minority Report? Precognition, that you could actually... Mm-hmm. People knew you were going to commit a crime and they could catch you oh, before yeah. you committed the murder. Uh-huh. And it was it was science fiction. And we thought, well, and, I, and look, I know that opens up a can of worms with privacy and First Amendment rights. I don't think you have a First Amendment right to go on Facebook 
or any other platform and broadcast your desire to kill people. I, I think there should be consequences. Does that make me a radical? I don't. To me, it's just common sense. You know, you say something in the digital public square, which is what Twitter and Instagram and Facebook are. You should be accountable for that. If you threaten violence, there should be some accountability. And you shouldn't be allowed anywhere near an AR-15. That's just my thought. Mike Max had a lot to get off his chest today. He reflected on his time and the amazing coverage. I can say that. He didn't say that. But his coverage was truly groundbreaking. And it was empathetic. It was compassionate. He People were grieving. People were in anguish. There's still too many people that are anguished and scared for their lives every time they get pulled over. He talked about his time covering the riots after George Floyd's death. We were all going through it. None of us knew what exactly we were going through. And it was, um, I'll tell you, it was so adrenaline filled. And so, you know, it was, it was just uh, unbelievable out there. And, and in, I, I am saddened forever as to, you know, the, the mark that it left on Minnesota and, and, and Minneapolis. And I am grateful beyond words forever for the for the understanding that I have of our community now at a much deeper level and the friendships that I've formed uh, from this, from people that I knew or maybe deep in friendships, all those things, uh, both protesters and law enforcement officials, because it has been an absolutely selfishly, privately amazing piece of my life. Thank you, Maxie. For talking about stuff other than sports, he's, he's great on sports, but he has an opinion on everything, as most of us do. DJ, I know your opinion when it comes to Taco Bell. and oh, that's a good pivot. I'm very pro-Bell. <laughs> uh, I look for excuses. My wife rolls her eyes. You shouldn't eat that crap. And I'm like, come on. I have the freedom. <laughs> and I don't do it every day. I don't even do it every week. But I treat myself to Taco Bell. And today... You had a close encounter. Was it today or yesterday? The no, Mex- yeah, today for lunch. The Mexican pizza uh, is yeah, back at Taco new, Bell. Yeah, the new Mexican pizza is back. And I don't know, it's been gone for a few years, and it's their big deal. They're bringing it back. So I got one today, and you asked me earlier how it was, and it's like, well, you know, it's the same 12 ingredients. It's just stacked a different way, right? It's a flat shell instead of a curved shell, but it's the same ingredients. So uh, it the was art is in the stacking. Yes, I guess how so. They, I <laughs> how they merge all those ingredients. So I love it. It's great. It's the same thing it was before, and don't eat it every day. But I did do it today. I had the uh, the meal deal, whatever it is, with a couple of tacos and that pizza. How much was it? And it's not cheap. It was eight ninety nine for That's the. A, it's a little more than. Yeah, it was. A little, huh. I think just the the Mexican pizza on its own is five bucks or something like that. So. It's a little pricey. Usually when I go to Taco Bell, I'm ordering off the value menu and getting a snack because if I eat the whole meal, I don't feel great for the rest of the afternoon, to be honest. <laughs> but I did it today. I had a Baja Blast, which is like that, you know. Oh, I know. Green what aqua they, shade of Mountain Dew. What do they, they put in that? I don't know. It, it, some sort of illicit drug. It's There's so, something in there. It's, not, it's, it's better than caffeine. Can you imagine if we found out tomorrow that Taco Bell – was really healthy for you and would like extend your life by, I mean, we would just go, we'd start having our show meeting there every day 
And well, we would just eat Taco Bell every day if it was good for you, right? But the scientists flip-flop back and forth. One year, well, red wine is bad for you. The next year, red wine is good for you. There was a time, oh, you yeah. whole milk, avoid whole milk and cheese. Now it's, hey, it's good for you. It's, it's got the good fat in there. So, I, I look, I, I think everything in moderation. Yes, yes indeed. Except for moderation. Yeah. Yeah. Should I have gone back for the second Baja Blast Mondu on the, my way out? Probably not, but I did. You have the freedom yeah. to make inappropriate decisions, but you so, also have to suffer the consequences. Yeah, the consequences of extra caffeine and feeling nice and chipper all afternoon. That, what, a, what a consequence. That belly bomb. <laughs> Maybe a lively night at the uh, Josephson <laughs> hey, household. Okay, okay. Out of my way. <laughs> hey, when we get back, an update on Jordana Green, my partner, my dear friend. Uh, she had a bone marrow transplant today, the very latest. Next. Thoughts are with Jorah every day. I was praying extra hard today, and thank you if you were praying, or if you just held up Jordana in your thoughts. Sending that good energy to Jordana. Eleven hours ago on Caring Bridge, she wrote, It's day zero. I can't sleep. In about nine hours, new donor stem cells from a man I've never met who lives in Germany will be dripped into me hopefully saving my life. She said, I'm scared, humbled, honored, and sick, very sick. I've endured two days of intensive chemo, which my doctor calls the sarin gas of chemo, to kill all the cancer in my body. And then the next three days of total body radiation are to make sure the cancer cells still wobbling around from the gas are killed off. Sounds awful, but it's effective. I'm nauseated, exhausted, can barely speak or walk, and I'm nervous but I have faith this bone marrow transplant will save my life. Her husband, Mark Grossfield, uh, sent a text to me just about uh, two hours ago. He said, George just received her donor stem cells. She was very nervous and emotional before the transplant. She's sleeping now, all going as planned so far. He sent me some pics of George. She got three bags of stem cells totaling 5 million stem cells. That's the amount that gives her what she needs without giving her too many that would increase the chance of graft-versus-host disease. Yeah, the, the concern now is the body rejecting the new donor marrow and also infection. She has zero immunity, so she can't see anybody. She will get four and a half hours of fluids, then a transfusion of platelets, and then at some point they will release her and we will move to the Gift of Life transplant house. I moved us in yesterday. So I am relieved and the ordeal is far from over, but, you know, she has those donor cells and, you know, hopefully there will be no issues with rejection, no issues with infection, she just wants to keep on living. I mean, most of us do. She has three young kids. Well, one in college, two in high school. She, We all have reasons to keep on going. And Jordana has plenty of them, including an amazing husband. Mark has been by her side. She's been, he's been an amazing caregiver and can't say enough. And I think it's one of those things, you know, you hate to say it, but it, it's sort of thoughts and prayers, right? Until you've gone through it or you have a close friend who's gone through it or a loved one, a family member who's gone through a life-threatening disease, then it becomes 
personal, then you know. And, I mean, to me, it's like being struck by lightning. You just, you're going about your business, trying to get stuff done, raising kids, keeping an eye on your parents, and suddenly you're you're struck by a bolt. And I just, she's been very transparent, outspoken. Uh, be the match for bone marrow donors. You can still go to Be the Match and save somebody's life. Talk about a good day. Wouldn't it be cool? The right thing to do. And I want to thank this this guy in Germany who she may never meet, who stepped up. He was a perfect match. And um, now because of him, she has a new lease on life, a new beginning. Keep her in your thoughts and prayers. DJ, anything you want to add? No, but I, I guess the only thing I would say is Jordana is uh, she's strong and brave, and if anybody can get through this, she can. She's an Oreo. She's 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 crusty and 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 hard on the outside. She's soft on the inside. I know she's scared to death, and who in their right mind wouldn't be scared to death? So anyway, we love our kids. We love our grandkids. Uh, Hold the people that you love close to you and uh, pray that you and your family and extended family stay safe and stay healthy. We all wish for prosperity, but if you don't have health, you don't have anything. God bless you. Catch you on Monday. No, catch you tomorrow. Paul, thanks for having me. I can't remember the last time you were wrong.